Welcome to a place of wellness and healing for both your body and mind. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, energized life that totally rocks. You're listening to Straight Talking Natural Health, a no BS podcast for busy women who want to ditch the fatigue, find balance and feel great with your host and naturopath, Jules Galloway. It's been several months since Lismore and surrounding areas of the Northern Rivers in New South Wales experienced flooding beyond what anyone ever thought was possible. While they went under and struggled just to stay alive and have basic needs met, so many of us watched on from afar, feeling utterly shocked and helpless. But out of every tragedy and disaster come stories of determination, resilience, resolve and community. And today's guests have created something truly special that our whole naturopathic industry is talking about, and that is to bring free natural health care to those affected when they needed it the most. There are two types of people in this world, those that say, someone should do something about that, and others that say, I am that someone. This dream team is the latter. As the floods were still raging, they were mobilising, first with a call out to naturopaths and herbalists to please send through whatever donations they could manage of herbs and supplements, then the big companies, then investors to make it happen on a larger scale, and Community Herbal Care was born. We are stronger as an industry when we work together, and it fills me with joy to see our best and brightest prackies work together like this. So let's chat with the two legends at the helm. Please welcome to the show the amazing Erin Lovell-Varinda and Sarah Mann. Tell me how it started. Did you know each other beforehand? Like how did all of this even happen? Mm. Okay. Um, (laughs) Sarah and I had known each other for many, many years and have had a beautiful, deep relationship and friendship for a long time. Um, It was just really serendipitous that we were both in the um, Northern Rivers at the time that this happened. But um, yeah, so Sarah and I lived both in the Blue Mountains and we met because she approached me to do some student hours um, at my clinic. So it was, yeah, that's what happened. And then gosh, I mean, a lot more to, to it than that, but then Sarah and her sister ended up buying the clinic when I left the blue mountains. So mm. she took it over. Yeah. And then the, then that was, um, kind of the friendship was born, but what's so interesting is, you know, we were at, um, that clinic together for a small while before then we took it over and you left. So we've always had We've always been also just passing ships, you know, like together and then suddenly, uh, you know, and then off again. But still, you know, such a beautiful, deep friendship through that. So it's pretty amazing. It really is. And um, this time round, being in the Northern Rivers with that community herbal care, Sarah had moved only how in many January. months? Yeah, so three months earlier. Wow. Mm. Straight into the storm. Straight yeah. in, straight in. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, like a welcome the back. Rivers. Yeah, yeah, have a massive crisis. <laughs> Seriously, and I had left the Northern Rivers in December, um, and I had moved away, seemingly permanently, to move overseas. And in this weird twist of events, we felt such a deep call to return up there, mm. and it just was really tricky in Sydney for us. In those few months that we were waiting, um, things just shifted. We ended up back up north. One and a half weeks later, the floods mm. hit. Mm. Yeah. That's crazy. And that that's mm. what the Northern Rivers and Byron does to you. Like that's what everyone says when when you live there. They're like she draws you in. 
Yeah. She spits you back out again. <laughs> and then you get drawn back in and then yeah. you get spat back out again. And we <laughs> see this with so many people up here. Mm. Um, so I guess I still say up here, even though I've now moved away myself. Oh, um, wow. Isn't that funny? Um, so, yeah, it's it's a really interesting sort of place and also it, it was it was just really serendipitous that you both just happened to land there at the same yeah. time yeah yeah there's, there's there's seriously no way that I could have sustained this project and just carried the weight of it myself without Sarah mm, so yeah. I am so grateful for her <laughs> and for the timing of you know us being there together to mm. to 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 really kick this off. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And you know what? There'd be no way that I'd be able to carry like the strength and inspiration to even start. Like Erin is so amazing at like have, you're in your full force when you're you know, in that creative, gathering people together, community, you know, action stations, mobilising, like you're so amazing at that and I would not have been able to do that. So perfect team. Thanks, yeah. babe. <laughs> That's it. You, you want people with different strengths, don't you? Like you don't yeah. want two people who are exactly the same. <laughs> true, true, yeah. So you're both on the Northern Rivers the floods are happening. What were your first thoughts when the floods started? Mm. Mm. I mean, it, it's funny because, you know, living up there for years, like I'd experienced floods there before, but nothing like this, obviously. You didn't, no one, everyone was caught so off guard with these floods because nobody knew it was going to be this bad. You know, there wasn't even the community members didn't think it would be this bad. You know, even people who'd experienced floods for, that had lived there their whole lives, there wasn't, the, the talk and the chat about it wasn't, to, it didn't meet what actually it was. You know, it, it didn't equal what we knew was coming. Um, so I think many of us were caught off guard and it was, it was just terrifying. It was a really scary experience. I mean, Al, at my house that we were living in at the time, we were in a temporary little like converted old barn, which is, is adorable, but it's like you were front row to, it was like you were on a houseboat because we were up high enough, but the, the fields in front of us just filled up entirely and mm. it became like a lake system. And it was wild that these just rolling hills just lit, you know, just totally all the roads were covered in and you were like front and center just watching it. And that was really terrifying. And then we were getting, you know, from friends who had phone reception, it was, it was just all of these calls of panic and of checking in with all of our friends and seeing if everyone was okay. And it was just a lot of panic initially. Mm. Um, yeah. And I mean, to come, I think I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but it just struck me really quickly, like how we needed to create intervention and support immediately because I could feel how major this was going to be for everybody. This mm -hmm. was not like no little flood that we'd seen before. Um, or obviously I had not actually been living there in the last major flooding, so mm -hmm. I, I couldn't even compare it to that. But the little floods where, yes, our, our roads were all flooded in, it was like, no, this is, this is nothing like that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think... Um, you know, the, the initial thing was just action stations, like, but also feeling 
Um, so feeling stressed enough that you need to do something, mm. but also having no resources to do anything, you know, like we were, I lost internet and power and mobile reception really early on, you know, in that, in the, um, flood. So it was, it was like, and also was cut off from neighbors that are just across the road because the water was so high. So it's like, you know, you're, you're, all your thoughts are going to, oh, how's that person? Oh, gosh, I wonder how that person is. You know, all of your thoughts are in that emergency space. How do we, you know, food, water, you know, how do we kind of manage right this moment? But um, but yeah, then at the same time you're powerless, like you also have no resources and you can't move, you know, and you don't know if it's going to get worse. So for um, for me I think it was a real a real uh, remedy to then get out once the, the, you know, the emergency of it had passed somewhat, like we were able to get out to actually be able to do something was really empowering because it had been so disempowering having no resources or anything to be able to act. Yeah. Yeah. I remember sitting up here on the Sunshine Coast and we messaged a friend of ours in in Ocean Shores. Um, mm. There was flooding around there as well, and and I said to her like, I feel so powerless sitting up here. And she's like, Jules, we feel powerless sitting here, and we're in the middle of it. Like, mm. don't bother trying to get down here. There's literally no. nothing you can do. But we're, yeah. you know, even the people in the middle of it were feeling exactly the same way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mm. absolutely. It was, it was really challenging like Sarah said to just not be able to communicate clearly mm. like it took it took days for us to get reception mm. back and we were the, we were lucky because many people it took literally weeks you know to yeah. have any have any ability to, to text or check in and and that went on for such a long time for so many more remote communities like up mm. in the hills and whatnot you know their challenges mm. around communicating which is really terrifying because obviously you know, people have needs and to be totally cut off is just a really frightening prospect as well. Yeah. 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 So it went on for a so long time. Many. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So then from there, like obviously you you would have had to have waited an appropriate amount of time so that people's like basic needs are being met and they're safe and, and the waters have subsided a little bit. But then how did you then start? Like how did you mobilise everyone and, and start your response? Like what did you do first? Well, I think it was the second night of the floods. I woke up in the morning and I just turned to my husband and said, I sat upright. I sat upright. <laughs> he braced himself. You know, because he knew yeah, something I'm was sure coming. Noah's seen this one before, right? <laughs> Literally, he's like, uh-oh. <laughs> and and here I, we go. Here we go. Um, and I said, we need to start a community herb clinic. We need to we need to mobilize. We need to to create a free clinic with volunteer naturopaths and herbalists, and a, and and a completely free dispensary. And we need to roam around the region and just pop up and literally just help. Mm. And he was like, "Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> do I have any other response?" I can give? Nope. <laughs> Exactly. I'm helping too. I know, right? (laughs) Roped in again. Um, And um, bless him. And 
So that was my, that yeah, so that became really clear to me. And then we basically just sat down and strategized about how we're going to do that. And the first thing, you know, that, that really came to mind was like, okay, who, who do I want to do this with? Um, or how, who, who do I know, you know, to mm. reach out to? And I, at that time, Sarah and I couldn't communicate. Mm. Um, I remember when she finally got reception, she was like walking to the beach. Yeah on a hill um, <laughs> trying to have these little conversations with each other um, and as soon as I could get uh, enough reception to hop onto Instagram I just went straight to my social media platform and you know put a plea out about what we wanted to do and I hadn't even I just said community herbal care I didn't even think about the name of it it was very much like you know let's just um, put a call out and see what comes and so wait, you, you didn't have any venues lined up. You hadn't spoken no. to any kind of local no. government, community leaders. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, I was just going to make this happen. Shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. I didn't ask anyone <laughs> anything. Um, very like double Aries just was like, I'll just create it and it will work itself out because at, see, at this point too, Jules, like there was no, everything was mayhem. There was no organisation. There was mm-hmm. no government clear government support or structure i mean that didn't come for did it weeks. come i don't know it didn't come for weeks right weeks. Yeah. Has, yeah. It, has it actually come now all right no, yeah yeah, right. yeah like <laughs> yes and no you know yeah. and um and you know there, it was like i'm not going to go ask permission for this i can see people i know people are suffering i know people are traumatized i know people are in need i know people are unwell i'm just going to do something and I knew that there would be a bunch of people who felt the same way as I did. And I knew that I know that there's a really strong spirit of naturopathy and herbal medicine and appreciation of plant medicine in our community. And I just knew that it would work. I just trusted it would work. I just knew it was needed more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just put this call out <laughs> on Instagram and Instagram is such a beast. Like I know it's such a contentious topic, but and, you know, for some people it's, it's, a, it's a really overwhelming space, um, but it is an incredible way to reach community. And I was just the flooded with response. It was an incredible thing. It mm-hmm. was like so many people wanted to help and so many practitioners wanted to help, so many local practitioners wanted to help. So we created a sign-up form um, and we basically put that up as soon as we could and we had 120 local naturopaths, herbalists and volunteers sign up to help us. Wow. Within a few days. Yeah. Um, and then we basically just worked out where to get everything sent, which at the time was to the address that I was at. It was all very low key. Um, and little did I know there would be like uh, like hundreds of boxes arriving <laughs> you know, to my tiny home. Um, but it, it was honestly, Jules, it was like as grassroots and as unplanned in a way as that of just like, this needs to happen. How do we make it happen? I'm going to use my network. I'm going to use my, um, my, you know, my, my connections in the field and also call out to community. And, you know, I was on Instagram crying, you know, I'm very like usually poised and I'm, I'm quite private and I, you know, I don't normally share in that way, but it was very raw and I'm on there crying going like help us because, you know, my friends are stuck up, you know, up, up in the hills and about to give birth and they cut there's landslides everywhere and you know other friends have lost everything and you know they've lost animals and lost you know, it's just like there was so much loss it was so raw so mm-hmm. I'm on there crying being like help us you know but 
it, it, it was really true and honest. And I think people really felt that through social media, that's how they got awareness of what was going on up north through social media, because people were really organically sharing and showing people what was happening. Yeah. And then outlets caught up with what was happening, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so- and I think also the, the inspiration to start, it was just, um, you know, we just kind of, I felt from Erin, like we'll just work out what we need to work out as we go. You know, yeah. there was no, you know, it was, there's also just such a listening response, like, well, what's needed? We, you know, we don't, we don't even know yet. It's just, um, let's just start because the inspiration is there and we'll, we'll go as we go. (laughs) And that's, that's, sorry, that is definitely what happened. It was just a, let's work it out as we go. But also, Mm. you know, Jules, from being in a community, the Northern Rivers community is so tight Mm. and knowing a lot of people, I just, I knew that we would be able to, we'd be welcomed into those community spaces. I was very sure of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sarah, did you think it would get as big as it did? (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's a good question. I, what was I even thinking at the time? I, I was really curious, like on our first ever clinic, you know, I turned up there ready, you know, um, it was amazing seeing Erin and just seeing people after being so isolated for so long, you know, with um, not being able to get out and not being able to access, um, you know, internet, et cetera, et cetera. It was really emotional suddenly being in a room of people. And I think once we started, oh, yeah, no, you totally burst into tears. Yeah, yeah. I think once I started people coming in and, uh, and into the clinic and started hearing stories, then I knew, oh, we're going to be doing this for a while, you know. Mm. Yeah. Did people come, like, straight away? Like, were you busy straight away? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Busy straight Sarah, away. Sarah, was our first one at Mullum? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, No, it's so fun. Um, I was blanking about that. Yeah, yeah we... Mullum in that beautiful donated space. Yeah, so that was another thing. I just put a call out for spaces. I was like, okay, who's got a dry, a safe space where we can set up our clinic? We're open to roaming to any of the re- areas that are in need. And, I mean, I got the most incredible influx of people. So-and-so's got this space. Uh, here, reach out. Hi, Erin, I've got this space. It was, like, amazing. And this beautiful woman, Danielle, um, the yoga den in Mullum, she just wrote me and said, you're welcome to have it. it. It's been flooded, but we've gurneyed it. We've cleaned it out. We're airing it out. It's dry enough. Come on in. Bless her. Um, wow. So we got there. It was dry, you know, very muddy out the front, but, you know, we set up and set up our little, you know, whiteboard <laughs> marker with our hand fine <laughs> and um, set up the tables with a very bare bones dispensary of what had been mainly um, locally donated at that point because obviously the roads were not accessible and I wasn't getting mail. And so it was, it was bare bones, but it was enough. And mm-hmm. people came and we, we just used our, you know, we used our networking skills. I used my community to, to I told people who I know were at the Mullum Civic Centre. We got it on the board there. We went down and introduced ourselves to the people at the Civic Centre. You know, we, people just sent people over. It was, it was busy from the get-go. Mm. And then was Lismore next? Yes, yes. Um, we yeah. actually, yeah, 
Oh, can I also say, at Malam, I literally hit the streets and just walked around also telling people what was going on. And I did that a lot in those first. <laughs> yeah, yeah in the, of course yeah, you did. <laughs> I did. I was like, hello, um, my name is Erin. I'm a herbalist. We've got this free clinic. If anyone needs it. And people sent people. And I said, we've got mold spray. You know, we've got cleaning products. Like, come visit us. And people would just come and even get cleaning products. So um, the next, I think the next one was, we, we hit the evacuation centre. Yeah, the evacuation yeah. centre in Lismore that was a yeah. SCU. Yeah. And um, so at the Southern Cross Uni, we, we, we did that a fair bit um, for many weeks. We were there at that time when a lot of people were uh, who experienced homelessness from the floods were, were moved to SCU. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a very different experience than sitting in a nice, cosy yoga space in Malambimbi mm. um you know you're out in the middle of the square and we're under a marquee and we're you know it's raining or you know people are people are walking past and, and this is their temporary home mm. it's uncomfortable you know yeah. yeah it's confronting yeah 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 the the impact was really confronting we definitely it was definitely um oh, just a real I mean, it was just a series of wake-up calls and reality, you know, harsh reality, um, meeting harsh reality in a day-to-day kind of way, but also meeting each other in that space, like being together as practitioners in that and supporting each other and then being with the community in that, like kind of sitting down with people literally side by side and just being present in a really harsh reality. Was, you know, there's also something really beautiful about that as well as really hard yeah yeah Yeah. what do you think was more therapeutic in those early stages the human interaction and just the you know holding space and listening to someone or the herbs that you were actually giving them Hmm. that's an interesting question question. do you want to go first without i feel like um do you know i i feel like both i mean definitely that human interaction like you could see I mean you can see when people have been isolated you know and it's overwhelming to come into a space that feels um held you know you could definitely see that on people's faces you know and even a bit of social anxiety just from the overwhelm of being around people again and not just water and and your own family and or no one if you you know, solo. So um, definitely the remedy of being sat down, being given some water, you know, being listened to um, and then being handed like a completely free pack of remedies, you know, that that connection definitely was so healing. But also I could, we could definitely feel how important the herbal remedies and the supplements you know magnesium all of our calming you know nerve tonics just it was all definitely being called for yeah yeah Yeah, I mean I I I really agree with you Sarah you know I think that um there's so much medicine in the listening and the holding and you know the leaning in and you know being really present with with each person that we sat with um but I also feel that there was a lot of magic in the prescribing, in the the gifting of the plant medicines and the supplements, and 
and you know the things that were needed I think even um you know some of the of all the clinics you know some of the most profound or you know really present memories for me already are at the evacuation center of some of the people Mm -hmm. I sat with and um you know sometimes someone might walk past and they weren't really ready to sit down but they might just sort of linger and have a chat and the chat would be the medicine and then maybe it was a plus if we were able to give them like a little aromatherapy aromatherapy calm roller or something you know um or a little rescue remedy or something of the sort but there was so much medicine that was shared yeah in the exchange Mm. both levels of exchange yeah yeah there's something really magical about that Mm. What sort of ailments did you see straight up? Like I know well, you mentioned magnesium and I know that people were like super sore from just like trying to shovel mud and they were like aching and mm-hmm. um, and I know there was a lot of like stress and anxiety. But what, what other types of ailments did you start to see rocking in, in terms of the people that were rocking up? I mean there was um... – yeah, the, obviously, yeah, like you said, the physical exertion and exhaustion that was happening was just beyond. Um, but the, yeah, the stress and the trauma, um, there was there was this sort of thing that started happening really quickly, which we kind of deemed like flood lung, um, which I think mm-hmm. is a real term. Is that a real word? Yeah. No, I, I think it's, it's a real, real thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. New to me at the time, but it, like these deep lung kind of, infections that were happening Mm. and really stubborn coughs and I mean the mold exposure was almost instant um so a lot of mold exposure so therefore also suppressed immunity uh, overloaded immunity and a lot of like skin issues like rashes Mm. and mold reactions Mm. um but just the stress and the the anxiety and the sleeplessness I mean those are the things that come to mind for me yeah what about you Sarah yeah, and also what was really interesting was to see like a lot of infections. So if you had, if people had a cut or, um, you know, walking through flood water mm. is just so, yeah, not clean. Yeah. Um, so lots of like wounds and infections, um, but also, you know, maybe a week after that's when the tummy bugs started because of oh, the god i remember that yeah, yeah. yes of course the tummy bugs it's like mm. i forgot about those yeah. yeah 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 and it's really interesting like i we um oh i'm just thinking back to just yeah the the stages you know we're, we're seeing people go through these stages of what of what people are coming in with but definitely in those first few weeks it was infections tummy bugs you know, um, definitely flood lung and yeah, the real, the really intense kind of anxiety palpitations, like the full, um, stress, panic, Panic. like that kind of, yeah, sleeplessness, not being able to also like forgetfulness, like not being able to figure out where they are in space and time, like orientation, just feeling really off, not knowing what day it is, not Mm -hmm. knowing what their usual rhythm is, not mm. knowing, you know, just all of that, yeah, um, upheaval. Yeah. yeah. And what are you seeing more of now? Mm. Good question. Now now is really interesting. So now we have um, definitely the mould uh, impacts. Um, we're seeing a lot of mould impacts now. We've had another 
kind of resurgence of mould because we've had another two weeks of just current, like just, you know, torrential, ongoing, non-stop rain as most of the state has. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. So seeing a lot of um, uh, like hives and uh, um, just general immune overload, so grogginess, headaches, um, you know, memory loss, uh, those kind of aspects. But really what we're seeing now is exhaustion. So coming through the emergency part of it, life is now kind of settling, but there's still a lot of day-to-day uh, clunkiness with things like waiting for insurance or still not having a car or, you know, um, waiting for all the waiting, basically, it's the waiting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, still we still have friends and there's still so many people that are not yet in permanent housing they're still jumping around housing there's still you know there's still a lot of landslides and a lot of um you know a lot of that happening as well so yeah we're seeing a lot of just exhaustion from the um from the impact of all of the you know arrhythmia the no rhythm you know no um rhyme no no stability in life for sure like a lady, a lady reached out to me on Community Herbal Care Instagram, and she said, "You know, I'm living in my car because I'm I have to avoid the mold in my house. Mm-hmm. So I'm really sick with my chest. So I'm just living in my car. I'm sleeping in my car. Oh what? My it's terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not this is not a one-off story. Um, so supporting these people, you know, as best as we can to, you know, to soften." And mm-hmm. to get to the roots of what's going on as best as we can, you know, with the clinic is just as a really powerful thing to be able to say, I'm so sorry, you know, please come to one of the clinics and we'd love to support you as best as we can, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I think also I'm just like looking back to, I literally have the, the, um, the dispensary in my mind because I filled, I was packing yesterday for our next clinic and, I was thinking, oh, yeah, because I'm going for all of the, like, anti-inflammatory, so lots of inflammation, you know, that mould-type triggering inflammation, um, lots of sleep support needed, definitely the magnesium, you know, all of the calming herbs for sure, and then, you know, the gut-related um, anxiety-type work as well. Yeah, a lot, a lot still happening, and it's definitely you know, definitely being in the clinics, you realise, oh, this is, this is going to, it's going to be a while, you know, this is going to be a while until people are back on their feet. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It really scares me actually, like when I see how many houses are super mouldy and people are living in them because mm-hmm. they might not even have a car they can camp in. And I've, I've heard of yeah. people like, popping sleeping bags in, you know, what what's left of their home, but the, the home, you know, even the frame is full of mould and um, coming into winter as well. Like it's it really, really frightens me that we're going to see more and more of these cases um, yeah. in a community where, you know, where people don't have a lot of money left over. There is no leftover money to shell out for what is normally a set of very expensive remedies because like mold illness is a beast and 
we, you know, my, my clients who've got mold illness, like they'll tell you they're on two or $300 worth of supplements a month for the first mm. few months. That's really common. How did you guys make it happen? On, on a budget? <laughs> like, what are you, what are you having success with? Like what, what herbs yeah. you tell me what you're doing? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, generally with mold or yeah. Yeah, with, yeah. With mold illness. Are you, are you getting any success with getting the inflammation down and, and what are you using? Hmm, good questions. It's a good question. I mean, it's a really interesting thing working with a dispensary that's donated. So you don't ha- maybe have, you, you definitely don't have your normal um, preferences, you know, mm-hmm. because um, we are, we, you know, we're, we're given, it's been incredible what we've been given. So we've got to be really creative with our prescriptions. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a really interesting challenge. Um, uh, you know, when you're, for sure, what what I would put someone on, like you said, Jules, you know, like this kind of, you know, big robust protocol for those first months for mm. mold illness, NAC and PEA and curcumin, yeah, exactly, yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, like back the truck up with, and it's it's yeah, yeah. That's how it is. That's mm. how it is. So we we, I mean, obviously, also all of the practitioners will have their own flavor to prescribing, um, but we do actually, we've been given such an incredible dispensary. So it, it is as best as we can, those types of combinations. We use a lot of herbs as well. I mean, Sarah, you've been sitting with clients more than me recently. Mm. And yeah. are you relying on a lot of herbal support as well? We are definitely the knack, you know, we were donated some knack, which is amazing. Like, Oh gosh, yes, this is what we need. And Quercetin as well. That was incredible yeah. to receive. That was another Thank you so yeah. much. That's exactly yeah. what we need. Also, can I say, like, there was also a gnarly COVID outbreak big time oh, around. Yes. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, around when True. everyone was cleaning each other's homes and obviously, like, stuck inside and in spaces. Evacuation centres as Evacuation well. Evacuation centres, yeah. yeah. And um, we were like, please help us. <laughs> and Nat, you know, and um, we actually, yeah, we were really, it was pretty incredible. Mm, yeah yeah it's amazing and we also Jules got donated um, a whole lot of um, herbal tinctures so you know the um, stock 500 mil and uh, and more um, bottles and so we had we called together a beautiful bunch of naturopaths um, students and um, us there supervising and we did a big blending day and we did some really great blends with uh, turmeric, albizia, echinacea, um, harapido, just like what, again, you know, maybe not things we would, um, maybe not combinations or herbs we would use so much, but we got creative with what we had. And that actually has been such a liberating thing to get out of, you know, as as prakis, we all kind of get in our own little um, stream of what we prescribe and it's been really amazing to be able to be a bit more creative and just think outside the box and be resourceful with what we have you know so if we've only got two bottles of echinacea okay so we're gonna have to you know think of something else you know astragalus and geographus you know just really um yeah expand out and and uh, with whatever we have so yeah we've created some really beautiful blends that are doing some good very very good work out there for sure 
there's something to be said for getting us outside of our comfort zones as practitioners and and yeah. and trying what other practitioners use instead because we do we you're right you're exactly right we we yeah. almost get stuck in a little bit of a rut of these are my favorite go-tos mm. and if I don't have them oh my god like what <laughs> I would do <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and so I imagine that would actually be a really liberating experience to be able to go. Oh, these ones work too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally, and like some of the herbs that were donated, Sarah and I didn't mm-hmm. know them. We, we didn't even know them. them. And yeah. I was like, oh, like um, cystus, cystus. I didn't. I hadn't learned about cystus. We had to learn about that yeah. one. And oh, when I can't. Yeah, remember. some other one with a very long name. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we had to do our research to then teach the sort of students what we could learn quickly um but you know there were new new herbs to us so, so obviously that's you know okay got to dive into the deep end and get to know this plant but i i the, i mean that's a really interesting thing watching and, and i also just i want to make sure that i give like the largest warmest shout mm-hmm. out to all of the incredible practitioners that have joined us in our you know community herbal care plight and mm-hmm. they have shown up week after week or some will just pop in once a month um you know and and support but there's others that really do um come you know most weeks and mm. hold down the space and roll with whatever's needed and they're just incredible mm. yeah. absolutely and, yeah. And yeah i know i know if one of your volunteers for sure had lost because she's a, a friend of mine we used to work together yeah. in fire and she'd lost yeah. her own home Seriously. And she's how old's her little person? Less than um, two. I think she's yeah, she's two. just less than two. Yeah. 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 And and she was one of the first people to this Layla Metcalf, she was one of the first people to put their hand up. Man, yeah. Layla is impressive. Um, <laughs> she's a weapon. She she's is a, weapon. a gun. I um in a good way, because guns are not good. But um She's She's just a, a (laughs) she's an incredible force. And yes, she's been, uh, and she was at the, I think she was at the first mum clinic. Yeah, she was, you know, and literally just turned up having lost, having lost everything. And she, and I said, are you, are you sure? You know? And um, she was like, I want to help as I've been helped so much already. And this was like, you know what, I think, I I can't, it was was like a week. I was going to ask, I feel like it was within two weeks later. A week or 10 days it was our first clinic or within you know we we got out really quickly mm. um I'd have to go back and check that but mm. she was just really wanted to give she just wanted to give back to the community yeah. and um I think at that clinic I started crying <laughs> she came and comforted me and I was like this is ridiculous you've lost so much she's like no no you know this is about I've yeah this is about community we're all here for each other and Mm-hmm. And she really wanted to be there, you know, to support all of us. And um, it was such a raw experience. And and the way that the practitioners have come together to support each each other as well. Um, like I'll, you know, there's always a sort of supervisor at the clinic and um, often I'll be supervising or Sarah will be supervising. And, you know, we always walk over and check in when they're looking to, they're sort of standing in front of all the products. Is there anything you need help with? Do you want to chat through your case? any products you've got questions about, you know, it's a, it's a, it's such a beautiful supportive environment. And Mm. that's actually been quite healing because, you know, we all work quite solo. Like I'm solo online. So is Sarah. Mm. Um, And to be in community with each other in that way and to be there for each other, if you've got a tricky question or a tricky case, or you just need a little backup is really, um, it's a beautiful thing. 
so and we've been more solo than we ever had been at yeah. that point in time as well because we'd all come off the back of COVID mm-hmm. and most naturopaths in Australia had flicked over to doing telehealth and Zoom appointments. So we were at yeah. our most solo collectively mm-hmm. that we'd ever been. And yeah, so many of us don't work well like that. <laughs> Touchy-feely kinesthetic mob who, you know, quite yeah. like to bounce mm-hmm. off each other and have yeah. a little cup of tea together in between clients. And, yeah, um, yeah I... I I I know now because I I sit on Zoom at home mm-hmm. alone, and um it, yeah like I do I crave I do miss I crave that connection. Mm, so yeah. there's something really special about getting everyone together in in you know under one roof and mm. collaborating and trying you know bouncing ideas off each other as well. Like you learn so much faster. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it, for Sarah and I, you know, even just talking through. How, how, and I, you know, early days I was like, Sarah, how am I going to do this? You know, okay, it's like packing up the car and it's tables, and I need a marquee, and we've got to drive here. But we got this donated beautiful space where we house um, a beautiful shed in the rainforest on, on these dear people's property, and we um, house all of the supplements in this secure space and the herbs, mm-hmm. and it's our little headquarters where we meet. So it was like, we built that out from scratch. And so it's like a little mini warehouse essentially. Mm. And this beautiful table and chairs and it's like, you know, even that we're like, okay, we need a space. Initially I thought we need a caravan. And I was like, wait, that's going to be hard. And I actually got a donated caravan, which was epic. I know. So we, within 12 hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so within 12 hours, got the caravan. Puts a call out on the gram, gets a caravan. Seriously, <laughs> like it was pretty amazing. And there were so many that when Nelly came through, but then this one did, it was, it was a beautiful thing. But then I was like, wait, it's already hard enough to get someone who has a bigger, robust car that can fit the dispensary in, let alone get someone to tow a caravan. <laughs> and then, so that was a bit trial and error. And but then we got donated this, this headquarters. So that kind of answered all of our prayers around where do we keep all of this? And mm. But even just for Sarah and I to riff together about how do we make, how do we keep this, um, make this model sustainable mm. and we cover all the logistics of a roaming dispensary that moves all around the region. Mm. Like it, that we did that together, you know, and, yeah. and, and Noah, my husband has just been so kind and such a beautiful <laughs> um, Virgo force of helping us as well, you know, figure out. And he was also bumping in and out those clinics. Like Noah and I for, you know, for, for, for a lot of it, we're, we're doing all of the running around, just like bumping mm. them in and out, in and out, restocking until we, figured out a little bit of a better plan with headquarters as well. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Where Sarah does a bunch of it too. We've got a few volunteers that do it now as well. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. I think, um, you know, I think that just hearing, I mean, the things that you hear, I think the, I mean, for myself, like I, I can't do um, like shoveling. I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's not my, um, it's not my strength. My upper body strength is not my strength. Like what I can do is be a naturopath. And so to be able to lend that um, to the community, just to be able to have an avenue to be able to help was that. And, and I think that's why we had so many practitioners like we, that were really impacted coming because Mm. it's really healing to be able to help. Like, even if, it's great to be able to lift the attention off your own 
struggles for a minute and live into somebody else's experience and help them. Like that's so healing. Yeah. And um, I feel like in that way that's where the reciprocity comes and that's where it's not draining is yeah. that you, you're, you're able to um, have a break and support and that's actually energising. Yeah. Yeah. What would you do differently next time? if you could do it over? Mm, great question. I feel like I say that every time, Jules. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm starting to sit here getting really chuffed, like, oh, they think my questions are good. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I'm sure there would have been some things you've learned along the way where you were like, yeah, wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> like I think what comes to mind for me, um, first of all, is so, of course, like in this, there have been other really incredible people that have formed um, yes. community clinics also. Yep, totally. And, you know, I think, um, you know, in the beginning, like starting without the resources of being able to um, uh, communicate, like just basically getting this up and running and being in this little um, bubble of working this out, like um, I think maybe what I would have done differently is um, join forces somehow rather than like maybe all coming together to do this together as lots of different groups. But, you know, time went on and that meant that we all kind of all the different people establishing these things and being, you know, having that impulse to help kind of created you know, their own, um, you know, we all just got stable in our own setup. And so then, you know, collaborating, um, you know, felt difficult or just didn't feel like it was needed. So, um, I mean, the more the merrier, like I think every, but like, honestly, it's so needed that the more practitioners wanting to start something, no matter how big, no matter how small, no matter how, you know, talked about, no matter how quiet, that is so helpful. You know, like any, even helping one person, you know, is helpful. Even donating one appointment is helpful. So maybe it worked out exactly as it's meant to, but I guess, yeah, maybe, um, you know, if I think back, I'm like, oh, wouldn't it have been good if we could all have just come together, but it didn't work out that way and that's okay um it's still helping the community but that's probably something that came to my mind yeah yeah I think the the different groups as well they formed and set up so quickly so quickly organized and mobilized and got donations so quickly yeah that it was all set and then you all realized each other existed. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Like, yeah. Oh, there's oh, another, right. one, another one. And another one. And the oh. other thing, the other thing is, Jules, you know, it's a big region. So um, mm. you like say Monica and Sarah, who were up more north too. Mm. Um, because we went up to Mwilamba a few times, and that's quite a hike for a lot of us. So it's like they were up more around there in Chindera, and you know, so it's that was great. And then, you know, um, Trish and Sandy and they were in keep they had kind of created a a permanent um hub in Lismore over seven days a week you know do, just just focusing on Lismore and I think they went to Korokai a few times and then we were just really roaming around um mm. b- between a bit of north and south and then sort of centralizing localizing I suppose 
mm. on, I suppose, well, that's not true because we still go up to, actually, we still move around a lot. We go up to Upper Wilson's Creek, then we're in Lismore every week. And so, yeah, initially, you're right, like we all became aware of each other after the fact of starting something. But mm. I'd say if I, you know, had to come back and go, what could I have done differently? I mean, or what would I like to have done differently? I mean, I'd love to have seen that there was already a model in place and a resource in place that I could have pulled upon to enact this as quick as I did. Mm, um, I, I think you are the model now. I know. And now I am. Yeah, I now hope, we are the model. I, I hope to God we never use it or yeah. need it. Yeah. But mm. something tells me there yeah. will be future times when people look back and, and pick up the phone and go, all right, you too. Totally. And, you know, like I was, I just was on a panel um, at the NHAA summit and it was about, you know, herbal medicine healing and catastrophes. And I was sitting um, with the awesome Carrie Oaks as well, who's doing her PhD in community herbal care and Shona who'd been um, in the, um, in the fires and, and Jem Nettle who'd been heading up uh, the Mullum sort of civic space. Anyway, it was a really interesting conversation. And also what came from that, you know, it was, that desire for me, it was really clear that like, I really want to help people um, set up a sort of, there's going to be a resource. There's going to be something where when this happens again, what we've learned at Community Herbal Care and what I've been able to start up and what Sarah and I have been able to grow, this is a helpful model that other people can lean on. And um, that's something we're talking to, we've chatted with the NHAA team about and, you know, we're going to do our best and see what comes of it. but yeah, I would have loved to see that because you know, I, I am very, you know, I am very much like, yeah, I'm a get it done, like let's do it, action person, like Sarah said. But you know, that was really tiring, <laughs> and yeah, um, it like it, it, we were, I was like working, you know, I don't even sixteen hour days for like months and not stopping and on my phone constantly, you know, for ever um for that you know for that first month in particular and it was like mm. wow there's, there's yes there's got to be other ways that we can go about this mm. or help yeah. other people mm. go about this I know that's what was needed but it, it's a mm. lot you know and for one person to hold that and start it it's like Sarah said being in community it would have been nice if we were all a bit more aware of each other mm. to help each other in those early days but at the same time there was a total communication breakdown Absolutely. because we couldn't communicate. And I also want to say there is the resource of Herbalists Without Borders and Kerry Oaks and some of the Herbalists Without Borders team did reach out to me early days to offer as much assistance as they could in terms of mm. what they, um, some of the resources they had. And um, that's really cool too. And that's something I'd love to be able to um, work with them to pass on in this kind of kit as well. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think also there's another big factor, which is the donations, you know, like um, it'll be really interesting to see what comes from this in the long term because mm-hmm. the it's so it's such an important aspect of community herbal care but also community care that the remedies are available to people. And so we, of course, like we've been donated all of these, you know, we just contacted as many people as possible, as many companies as possible, Mm. you know, a beautiful like individual practitioners were sending us like parts of their dispensary and like remedies they'd blended themselves and, you know, all of that giving, um, you know, means that we can give people remedies for free, completely for free, which is so, so necessary. And I think, 
I guess, you know, once the flood is off the news and off the media channels and not what people are talking about in the immediate, like, of course, then um, donations slow down. And so I'm really interested to find ways that we as an industry, like as a natural medicine industry, herbal industry with, um, you know, producers and companies and us practitioners, how we could make uh, that a sustainable thing for the future, that there's always remedies available for the community that needs it, you know, wherever Ooh. is happening, where, you know, wherever it's, wherever it's needed. Yeah. I, that's important to me. And I wonder where that's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. I know uh, with Erin, I know you are also an author and, and one of your beautiful books is actually called Plants for the People. <laughs> Ironically. <Yeah. laughs> yeah. Is this a case of life imitating art? Or I, I'm assuming this has always been your philosophy deep down, though, to get herbal medicine into the hands of everyone who needs it. It absolutely is my ethos. And, um, and so, yeah, no, it, it isn't a coincidence. I think that I'm going to be, um, you know, constantly uh, blossoming into different facets of what that those um you know those four words <laughs> mean mm-hmm. plants for the people for me as a as a human as a herbalist you know I'm, I'm all about accessibility and um I also I'm sure riled up a bunch of people at the NHA with my talk about um in a good way you know but in my talk about um you know stepping a little outside of the clinic and and making plants accessible and and plant medicine and that we've gone, you know, terribly wrong if it is only a, a, a piece, um, I mean, the, sorry, the, the people that are, you know, able to access it, it's only affluent people. We've gone terribly wrong, you know. Yep. Yep. Um, and so I gave a whole, I did a whole ditty about that as well. And, you know, I think um, it was actually really interesting. I actually had some really um, pr- profound conversations after that with people coming up and some big, big wigs of different companies coming up and having chats with me about that. And I was like, great, great. You Good, know, that's yes. awesome. Yeah, it was really great. Yes. Get people talking and thinking and, and mm. you know. So um, I, I, I don't know, yeah, just the, the motion of quickly acting on like that people needed the plants. I just, I just felt so strongly about that. And, and every, every um, as we deepen every week with this, these clinics, I still see that that you know this is there's there's not an end date to this. We haven't mm-hmm. gone. We're just going to do three months or four months or six months. We're like, like Sarah said at the beginning, we're just listening, and mm-hmm. that's something that I've said from the beginning too. We're just listening to what's needed, where we're needed, and how we're needed, mm-hmm. yeah. and responding to that. And responding exactly, and it's so empowering to like we have these we have access and connection with these incredible plants you know like and herbs and remedies and that can actually help with these things you know like we have the resources and I really think that's so special like I think people that don't you know people that we met that didn't hadn't experienced natural medicine before the floods you know were so um amazed that there was things you could do for stress you know in terms of remedies that you could do for stress or something you could put on topically you know to to help healing you know it, we we do have the resources in our mm. you know dispensaries in our in our 
knowledge, you know, in our hearts in, that can really help in these situations. So that feels really amazing and a, and a responsibility almost to kind of bring that to people for sure. It does. And also just quickly on that of like stepping outside of the clinic setting and being at these pop-up clinics and reaching people, like Sarah said, that had no knowledge or have really ever used, you know, um, naturopathic medicine or herbal medicine. Our weekly clinic at Mail, we're working with a lot of Indigenous community as well. And it's just, it's just been a really interesting experience to also um, adapt our language and our approach to suit the needs of people in a different way. Mm. I've actually loved that challenge personally. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you need to keep this going? Like what do you need the most? Do we, do we need people to donate? Do we need companies on board just donating lots of products? Do you need angel investors with big bucks? Like what, what do you need for the next six to 12 months? Mm. Another great question, Jules. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The hard-hitting questions coming from I'm going to get a little bell that I ring every time you say that. (laughs) (laughs) um, Do you you want to answer that, Sarah, or do you want me to go? I feel like all of the above. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say A, B, and C. Um, Mm, Radio. (laughs) Yeah, because you know what, that's actually, like, that's, how it's I mean we haven't had angel investors we've had people give to the GoFundMe which has been incredible mm-hmm. um but the the people sending from their personal dispensaries it's profound because you, if you get you know you, you get 50 people to to do that just to send a few bottles of herbs um or 100 people to do that I mean it stocks the dispensary you know mm-hmm. and it gives us like weeks or months of say supplies um and so doing, so what happened initially was, um, I, was it you who asked me about the three herb mixes um, to, to, I can't remember who it was. It was like, Aaron, give me three herb mixes and what do you need? And then we'll flush it out to the community, to the naturopathic and herbal medicine community. I can't remember who asked me that. I herb think that sounds like a Carla rent. Yeah, it was like maybe it was Carla. Um, Carla or Carly. It was Carla or Carly because you three were total angels with, helping me with that and then I off the top of my head three mixes it was like you know I, we did an immune one and a stress one and an adrenal one. one yeah or, or, or sorry, <laughs> sleep one maybe I can't remember what the even three were initially um but it was like immune adrenal maybe sleep because um, mm-hmm. there was a lot of anxiety and sleep anxiety mix and that went just out and I just was receiving all of these packages and it was incredible from people's dispensaries. So that was, that was as important as the supplement companies, you know, mm-hmm. and the supporting us. So both and all, because it, the Northern rivers, it, it's, this is, yeah, this is not a short-term recovery project. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, the news are not talking about it anymore, but with, it doesn't mean it's, it's like that seriously does not mean it's over. People are still that, so in the thick of it. They're so yeah. in the thick of it. It's, you know, there's just so much repair still going on. You know, people yeah. aren't in housing yet. You know, there's, we're still in the thick of it. And I think, I think, um, yeah, all, all of the above. And I also, you know, um, and from there, you know, we can also uh, 
um, what's the word, like dispense and disperse those donations to other um, community, yeah. to other practitioners that are helping as well, you know. That's exactly there's, right. There's a lot of space right. for yeah. that. Yeah. That's the plan. Like we're right now working on, okay, well, at this point the need is still in with those, it's still strong with those, like we need to pop up and be in physical spaces and roam with the clinic. But the need has changed because we've gone into a different stage of recovery. Mm. So when we go into the next stage of recovery, when it starts to change a little bit, again, we're still listening, we're responding, but how can we then involve um, community herbal care with a wider range of care? Maybe it's one-to-one practitioners who are willing to donate their time and Mm. we can help them with the dispensary and whatnot. And also I'm, you know, I'm handing some stock over to one of the other clinics to help support them too. So there's, it's just, it's all about um, adapting to what the community needs for this long haul of recovery. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. If people are interested in, in having a look at what you do online and they're interested in connecting with you and donating, (laughs) donating, (laughs) <laughs> pretty yeah. please uh, how can people connect with you online so um we ha- instagram is probably the best place so it's just community herbal care and from there you know sending us a message and we can organize and 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 you know sort of um you know move you gently towards whatever <laughs> whatever you'd like to support with or you know if there's anything that we can um we can chat about with you guys. We're so happy to, to talk about it and to share mm. our experience. And I've been trying to get the website up forever. It's still on the list, but um, it hasn't been the most immediate pressing thing, but everything's on the Instagram that you need. And then we've got an email as well associated where you can reach out to us to chat, to yeah. get in touch. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. If it's working, that's, it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. right. And, you know, things like that just become the last thing on your list when, totally. uh, you know, the clinic is at the top of the list really and the people in need. People. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, look, I, I, I hope that people do listen to this and do feel the urge to donate even, you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter whether it's big or small. Like, seriously, yeah. we, we've all seen how it all adds up very, very quickly and yeah. and how it can make a massive impact in the local community. So, look, mm-hmm. um, Sarah and Erin, thank you mm-hmm. very, very much. Like, honestly, thank you so much for everything that you've done and for everything that you do. Um, we, you know, I, I speak on behalf of, our beautiful industry like we we're so proud of what you've done and we're so appreciative of how you've you know really represented our industry so beautifully mm-hmm. thanks jules that's really beautiful thanks Thank for your you. support and thanks for getting us here together too yay <laughs> <laughs> all right well we'll we'll be checking in in six to 12 months from now i'm sure to be you know to get an update of what what crazy hair brain scheme Erin sat up oh, in God. bed in the middle of the night. Come on, <laughs> aye, aye, aye. <laughs> That's such a good idea, you know. I think we're learning every day from the people yeah. and from, you know, what's, what's from the clinic. So I think that's a great idea. You can see where this has gone. I hope you enjoyed listening to Straight Talking Natural Health. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, head over to my website at julesgalloway.com. There's a free quiz on there to see if you're at risk of burnout. 
I also have an amazing ebook called Heal Your Adrenals, which is a must for any woman with adrenal dysfunction, aka adrenal fatigue. When I'm not podcasting, I'm seeing clients all over the world via Zoom. I love working with fatigue, thyroid issues, autoimmunity, pyrrole disorder, mold illness, and complex cases, to name just a few. So why not book in and let's work together? All of this and more is available right now over at JulesGalloway.com. That's all from me for the time being. I look forward to diving in with you again in the next episode. Bye for now. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.